0: All your school rugby, all in one place. This is Next Gen 15. Hello and welcome to episode 14 now of the Next Gen 15 podcast. I'm Angus Savage and alongside me, as ever, Dan Richards. How's things going, Dan?
1: Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Thanks pretty excited and nervous about this uh, coaching team uh, conversation uh, we're going to have, as well as excited about some great games at the weekend, but also with some massive, massive uh, games coming up to sort of round off the turn this week. So yeah, lots of stuff to be excited about.
0: Yeah, no, I, I literally just said to you before we start recording that I've got about 100 names and I'm not sure. I'm still not 100% certain which which ones I'm throwing forward the most. There's, uh, there's some some good old coaches on there. There's also the, the range of like from guys at the start of the decade who are maybe a little bit more old school to guys at the the more recent end who are you know much more uh, much more progressive thinking perhaps in the way they coach. There's uh, there's quite a range, and I'm not sure, I still haven't decided which way I'm going to oh. go with it.
1: Yeah. Um, again, again, maybe because. Being a coach, I've worked in schools for so long recently. It's you know, you got to try and be like take out your bias of of kind of friendship with heart you know and stuff like that, and think about it. But yeah, really hard, and just really don't want to offend anybody. Is kind of like it when we talk about I, I can't run goal, which we won't because we're going to remember. I'm
0: potentially seeing a few of these names on the list in the next couple of days, so I've got I've got to be careful. Um <laughs> It's it's. Yeah. It'll be fine. Everyone understands. Yeah. Everyone yeah.
1: understands. Yeah, we're, we're only going to say nice things. We're not exactly. Okay.
0: exactly. It's not because it, it's not because they're all terrible that they're not getting a yeah. shout
1: out. exactly. We've exactly. only got
0: so long. Um, you can catch us on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you can watch us on YouTube. Um, and if you want to get in touch, please do get in touch on all the social media platforms. It's at NextGen15 at NextGenXV. Uh, actually, for the coach of the decade, we've had a few guys getting in touch. Um, it would be unsurprising uh to you i'm sure to hear that um simon Holland has had about 400 people sending messages about what a great bloke he is um also a bit about his coaching but mainly about what a good bloke he is uh and, and plenty of others a few names that are a blast from the past that i uh, i would have forgotten about So i've been trawling through them for the last uh, 45 minutes or so so please no. keep your social media chat coming in because we've got we've got loads of stuff going on we we're heading towards that Christmas period where the rugby starts drying up and you got you guys have got thoughts and we want to hear them because you never know, it might be the thing that we decide to start talking about. The thing we are going to start talking about today is the breaking news uh, that Eddie Jones has, um, has, well, they're saying it's mutual consent. Eddie Jones is no longer with the RFU. Um, no, I don't
1: think they're even claiming it's mutual dis I don't think so. The Insta post was, I think, said dismissed. I'm going to go on before I... Commit. I've got, I've oh, got, the, okay, pre- I've got okay. the
0: press release somewhere. It got emailed. Yeah. What does it say? He's been dismissed. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So it's not mutual. Um, other people are going to cover that in in more detail, but I, I suppose, I mean, we talked about it way back at the end of the summer. Um, Eddie's comments around what was going on in the school game. I, I suppose. Forget, forget the sort of um, the international picture. But a bit of me thinks that the, the head coach of, of the England team should be more than just a coach. It should be someone that kind of inspires kids along the way to to get involved in the sport and stick with it. And, and for me, in many ways, that was the beginning of the end was this sort of sticking the knife into the school system that has produced, well, almost every England player. It, it just seemed bizarre to me.
1: Yeah, it's again it's it's interesting that we're kind of top and tail in the term with, with talking about about Eddie Jones and, and kind of quite interesting and cool that the kind of the, the main story in global rugby is is about the kind of end of a what will likely be the end of the coaching career. We'll see Eddie Jones may have another gig to go to. Yeah, and we're gonna look at, you know, and talk about coaching again, having yeah. talked about it last week. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, in some ways that what had he become a distraction with it, you know, as, as I said way back in, you know, early September, late August when when we when we first spoke that, you know, that felt like he was trying to create a circus to keep away from the team and I'm sure his intent, yeah you know, was intentional awards being pure and clearly the guy can coach his coach teams to get to work at fine in terms of, you know, the the technicalities. I massively agree with what you just said about, you know, again in terms of thinking about what our, you know, podcast is about in terms of you know, that, that grassroots level of the game, schoolboy level of the game, aspirational level of the game. Yeah, like the, I think the head coach should be a spearhead figure, uh, someone who who is engaged with all levels of the game and who like people at all levels of the game can look to um and, and feel inspired by. Um, I think that was something that Stuart Lancaster got really right. Yeah, um, yeah, that wasn't... And and it will be interesting. I think I, my I think lots of smart money would go on Steve Borthwick, whether it's pre or post World Cup, being the next. Permanent post holder. I know Richard Cockcross taken it, and I think from a few guys who've worked, you know, under Steve Borth, I think he's pretty good on that kind of people side of things that yeah. we talked about. So, but yeah, I think you do want someone who's engaged because that's what the game needs. Like the game needs energy at the moment at, at the sort of bottom end, and a head coach who cares, and maybe a head coach who shows up at a few schoolboy games. And you wouldn't it be cool if you know tomorrow you know, if uh, if being the head coach showed up at a scores cup quarterfinal or ace finals day or stuff like that you know that so hey, awesome.
0: i've got i've got a microphone right right next to me ready for him to go <laughs> yeah if exactly. cockers wants to turn up and have a chat as a co he's more than welcome
1: exactly but just so inspirational for for, for kids you know if they, when they sit cause I, you know and you do to be fair to pathway staff you do see them at those games but <laughs> there will just be something really special if. and i know they're super busy and they can't give yeah you know, they've got a focus on getting the team ready for a World Cup in Six Nations but yeah I think you're right a head coach who is more engaged with, with understands the pyramid and, and the structure w- would be really cool and hopefully something the RFU take into account uh, when making next appointment
0: yeah things like well they certainly they they certainly slapped him hard enough after the uh, the comments in the summer so hopefully it's, uh, it's on their mind and next point for discussion interestingly enough is indeed Harrow though <laughs> Um, Eddie's favourite school, Uh, Daily Mail Trophy champions. We we've spoken about um, the Daily Mail Trophy before, but I think what's worth reflecting on is that um, this year it kind of feels by by hook or by crook that it's right. Um, It looks about top end, yeah, top end looks about what you what you'd go with, Um, and you know hats off to Harry. They've been in a battle with. Kind of Trinity and Clifton through the last month or so for for the for the top spot, and um, they've done it. And you go unbeaten. Well, yeah, unbeaten in the regular season. We'll see what happens on Thursday. But yeah, you know, unbeaten in the regular season, you can't really do a lot more than that, can you? And they have been unbelievable.
1: Yeah, no, I think we've kind of talked about this before. And again, so people will think I've got a beer in my bonnet about it. Maybe I do about the Daniel Mail Trophy, but. Um, in terms of its flaws. And I think we've chatted about how it probably kind of at kind of top three gets it about right, like three or four most years. But this, and this is an interesting, because again, I still think Seb uh, give any of those top three teams a game and I'd love right. to see a clash between that and that's why we talked about how why it's so cool we're seeing Harrow play Trinity right. and it's so cool that next year we'll see Clifton play Seb but you know this is maybe the first year, and while we may be in a in a Saturday block had it not been for this cup clash we might not have seen a kind of what is one of the top three scores take on each other? So, because yeah. luckily through block fixtures, we've actually seen that probably most years in the past 10 yeah, well, well, it's, years. Yeah, uh, we've that
0: Broad Street game between Sebra and Wellington the last yeah, for, what, five, six years almost has felt like it's the crucial game every year.
1: Yeah, or, yeah, or like or Millfield said for the same. And then, yeah, you could have had like in some years it might have been a, a Whitgift Warwick or something like that. So, for a long time, it's actually been there and yeah. and it wouldn't have been. I. I I just still think that beneath that kind of top five, it still gets all over the shop Um, for me. Like, I just think if you, and not that I'm trying to claim I'm the most informed, but I think people who know the game, like at at this level would look at some schools and be like, oh, they've gained it. Oh no, they've been a bit stitched up by their losses. And then, but yeah, look it is what it is some schools really value it and that's fine it's not my our place to tell schools what competitions to value and what to not value um i think it's a bit silly but again that's my opinion and it doesn't well, it, a, lot not of, a lot of schools a
0: lot of schools tend not to uh they tend not to value it until it gets to the last couple of weeks and then it's <laughs> like oh we're in it uh, and then others you know plotting plotting fixture lists to to see what they can do. It, it, it kind of depends, but yeah, fair play, fair play to the lads that have been pulling on that shirt this year. They've, uh, they've done yeah. the shift and they've done all anyone can ask of them, which is go out and win, uh, win every game. i tell you what, they've been some serious teams along the way as well. That open yeah. weekend against Wellington, that was a bit of a statement. They've then, you know, everyone, I mean, everyone on the list, but, but the, um, the, that was a hell of a way to start. Um, and then they've just sort of consistently built through in the, bit that's been impressive for me has been in tandem with the cup run. James has had to change his side up quite a lot to manage that Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday pattern. And they've still maintained that same momentum. That's the really hard bit. Um, well, I mean, it's all hard, but mm. <laughs> the particularly hard bit is trying to get that Saturday, Wednesday thing, um, going and getting your bodies out on the field and, and fair play to them. Um, Thursday's going to be big, yeah.
1: Yeah, who again, another school, and you're right, another school have also managed that Saturday, Wednesday, and gone to St. Joe's. So, again, in terms of fair play, obviously, you know, I should have said congratulations, to Harrow, that was like a massive oversight there, just (laughs) like led with that. But it's, um, you know, both schools have shown massive depth, and I think if you actually you know, and if you look at we we saw a bit of that this weekend. You know, when I saw, um, I saw the Millfield team. You know, there's clearly up, that squad, bit of squad rotation, made with one eye on Thailand and and the World Schools Festival, and you get that build up to St. Joe's, and I'm sure Harrow and Trinity both kind of had to do a bit of that on 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 Saturday, and have both come through their games. So yeah, just incredible testament to the depth, to the work of the coaching staff, to the hard work of the boys, you know, S&C, physios, behind the scenes kind of working to keep those boys fit and firing. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, you know, uh, so, yeah, just in- incredible, really, that both of those schools have, have, done, have done that, you know, in terms of yeah. managing that. And then, you know, you could argue Clifton's was, obviously they didn't, but in the, but maybe a bit tougher Saturday to Saturday and you know that Black Rock yeah, game which was Clifton, a daily match Clifton had the hardest
0: fixture list this year of I'd say in fact, I'd actually say of anyone I think there's harder than Severs this year as mm. well um, just in terms of the relative performance of the teams that they happened to find themselves playing against this year um, so yeah I Clifton probably had the hardest the hardest run um, and I'll tell you what they went they went damn near to to getting to going through it without without dropping a game and Harrow and Trinity have been sensational to where they've gone.
1: Yeah, and I think like quite cool again to go to again again if you end up winning this as as a sort of byproduct of being successful, that's great. But you can see use Clifton then. They clearly haven't planned their season to try and do it because again you wouldn't put that Hartbury game in, you wouldn't put that Blackrock game in. Nice. If you're going really. to the Daniel Mel because they're outside of that and they're and they're really hard games. So it's actually okay, these games happen to be in another thing and, and oh we've gone really well in it. Isn't that nice? Um and I think that's probably true for all of those top four or five teams this year, actually. And that's a nice thing this year. I don't think it's been something that any of those teams have sort of none of those schools have tried to manipulate the Scoring system, no, which no and I won't moan about again. Uh, um, and and they've just they've just come out on top because they're class um, and they've worked really hard. So you know, well done to all three, particularly of those top three sides. So I think we've been saying for a while. I'll probably you know go kind of, and although again and Sedba I think as in there, yeah, you know, those four. Yeah. There's a group
0: of five six for me that yeah stand out is that uh, Trinity Harry. Clifton, Sedba Millfield, and and, probably, and Kirkham as well. You know, they they're the yeah, only team yeah. in England that defeated Clifton this year. Yeah, that, that group of six yeah. have been super yeah, all year. Um,
1: yeah, I think that's fair. I and think actually really,
0: All quite cool. different teams as well, which is quite cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd like, yeah. To see, like to see a bit of variety up there. Um, what else have we got? Oh well, so Thursday is Harrow versus Trinity. So interestingly, on our Next gen fifteen table, Trinity this weekend because Eton are, are slightly uh, better than Epsom this year by the sort of measurement. Trinity actually got a greater reward than Harrow this weekend, despite both both being victorious. So Trinity on yeah. our table have jumped Harrow for top spot at the moment. But of course Thursday's game counts, so it's all yeah. like well playable there. I mean, it's just. I mean, basically, the conclusion I'm going to is that those two are so neck and neck. It just means that Thursday is going to be absolutely epic. Can't wait to see it.
1: Oh, there's kind of... And then a Clifton... So I should know this, but then a Clifton third in the... Clifton third. I mean, and I, and I then can read
0: it off with... Trinity, Harrow, Clifton are the top three, said the fourth, Millfield fifth, Kirkham sick. Um, and there is a spread of... A bearing in mind that Trinity have 1,535... So just yeah. to give you an idea of how tight it is, from Sedbergh in fourth to Trinity in first, there is a twelve point difference.
1: If yeah, and that I mean, feels yeah. than
0: nothing. Um, yeah. I think that equates to something like a one and a half percent difference in the likelihood of winning against each other. Um, nice. <laughs> it's pretty close up there. Um, yeah. And then, but, and I
1: think, and then it's. But I think you said this last week. It feels like then from. Kind of six almost for the next 20. This Yeah, year six,
0: the yeah six to 25, 30 odd. It's just, yeah, that actually
1: know. teams on any given day might get might get the better of, of, of one another, which you know is it's it's cool because I would imagine there's been a bit see having a look at some results. I would imagine the kind of bottom end of that top 10 maybe shaking up a little bit with the four teams coming in or out, and yeah, but it's I mean, yeah, it's, it's certainly yeah
0: well if it, it just to to give you an example 10 to 12 are separated by two points um, wow. 15, 15 16 17 all on the same points i right, it is yeah, so yeah. Close. It, it, it's unbelievable and um, i mean it's almost daft to be putting a number next to them because it's mm. just that tight um, but you know it's all in the spirit of fun um and I guess all in the spirit of fun, we've got a couple of live streams coming up. I don't want to get into them too much, because realistically, by the time we people start listening to this podcast, um, we'll be halfway through Harrow's game against Trinity on Thursday. Um, but on Wednesday, we're off to Marlborough College, so they take on Blundell's in the Schools Cup quarterfinals. At the same time, RGS Newcastle against Oakham Thursday, we're live at Harrow for that. Game against uh, against Trinity in the Schools Cup quarterfinal. Both of those, by the way, two fifteen kickoffs, and then Friday night, Kings Macclesfield and Fimbra go go head to head. Um, going to be a couple of cracking games live, but all four of those games are going to be are going to be awesome. I uh, I actually think every single one of them to me is a toss up. Like mm. probably the one I feel least qualified to to give a view on, is Kings, Macclesfield, Finbrook, because they're just, they're, so, they're, they're on such different circuits that you can't, it's almost impossible to work out what might happen there. Yeah. RGS Newcastle Open feels even. Harry Trinity, we've spoken about how even it is. And, and tomorrow's game over college against Blundells again, just feels, that feels like it could go any which way. It's, it's very good to see.
1: Yeah, no, it's, I think, again, it feels like the Cup's in a good place that they're, you know, latter stage, being nice to see it, you know, full hope for this, the fact that we've had some schools who maybe people are, oh, like, they're in a school's cup quarterfinal and they haven't done stuff like that always, might encourage some of those schools who are in that kind of, maybe that top 30 mix, your list to kind of, who might go, might not plan it to, to go into it. I think that kings Macclesfield finra is, is super intriguing. I, I yeah. kind of, again, Finra just, still feel like this super unknown. Like, all we seem to know is they're good, or I feel like yeah. all I know is they're good. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure people who watch them again we get will be, like, saying we should be talking about them more. But, and again, just a chance for a, a school to do something, but then do something amazing. But also, you know, Kings Mac, not a school that have always, you know, been at that nothing. level. This so it's not
0: their, well, this is one of their great seasons, but, you know, if they... Yeah. If they get if they get the job done on Friday night it, it, it just raises it up even more. You know, the, the rugby continues for them into next term, they've got a semi-final to look forward to. You know, there's just it's a very uh it's a very, very cool time for them all. Um also going no, but on I think- Wednesday is I mean it's packed week this week, absolutely packed. everyone's trying to get their fixtures in before they all run off for Christmas. But um also on Wednesday it's uh Ace League Finals week, Cheltenham Tigers. So uh, today, in fact, they have the ninth, eleventh, and thirteenth place playoffs, and then tomorrow it's seventh, fifth, third, and then the uh, the big final, Beach and Cliff against Harbury College, um, third final for Beach and Cliff. Never won one, um, largely because their first final they met Harbury, and no one beats Hartbury in finals. They've never lost a final, and they've won every single one of these uh, bar two. Um, unbelievable. I mean the. What Hartbury do down there, I mean, it, it, it's such a different competition to to sort of what we would term normal schools competition, but what Hartbury College do is just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal and it's, I didn't know, I, I knew they had only not won two with them, I didn't realise they'd never got to a final and lost that they'd sort of been knocked out before the final, and it's just... Just for, like what has been achieved there, in because I can remember it kind of starting up. I guess you know, kind of mm-hmm. it's a, it's around the time that that we would have been, and, and it was like, okay, like what's all this stuff gonna be like, and and it's just I think you know the top end of ACE by finals, there is it feels like it's quite a big difference between the two ends of Ace, without meaning to be disparaging about about the sort of those who haven't had as strong as, but when you, those kind of top four programs. Like it's like you watch it and you're like wow, like that that really looks like a very good standard of adult rugby in terms of their, yeah, you know, their prep like the boys' physical preparation, their tactical preparation, their 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 technical preparation. Like things like the set piece always look very professional. the The way the kicking game and the backfield is managed always looks very professional. That like it feels like the game generally has a bit more structure and professional shape to it around, you know. Around the kicking game, then maybe particularly, and and how you manage the contact area. So, and it is all. It's just I remember when the ace final used to be after Champions Trophy final. I remember coming. Yeah. You know, we'd be lucky enough to to win the Champions Trophy, and I think the beach Beach and Cliff went on, and they must have played Hartbury I think they played Hartbury in both their finals. Uh, they played
0: Hartbury in one final, and they played Exeter College in the other
1: one. Okay, and I remember it just it almost felt like a school's game had been the up for a uni game in terms of the sort of physicality you know just watching the first which like war like and you know we had some incredible players like on both sides it was the it was the rugby year, like and there's there's guys from both those teams who were still involved in really high level rugby And just like we struggled to hang in there like physically in this game and I think yeah you know, we could have but it, it, that was a really noticeable thing about it and some of that is time and what they do and you can debate around what those programs are about and stuff like that but, but it's the top end of base is really high level rugby and, and you know it's worth watching you know it really is if you get a chance to go and see it like it's it's, it's really good good rugby and producing so many good players like at the
0: top end yeah oh, massive so. it, it's yeah they they I always view them as 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 looking like mini academies in effect they 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 play the style that their affiliated team tends to play um and it's a it's a top to bottom program and, and you can see there's a lot of sense in that and um, it's it's very different to what schools are doing but it's built on a completely different mantra and ethos um you know in many ways almost no point comparing um mm. i'll tell you what hell of a hell of an occasion because the same thing's always done no matter what sort of uh, what the game is you know Hartbury College chasing just yet more history but also there's that pressure isn't there you know if everyone around you has always always done the job suddenly the pressure comes on that you've got to stick to it for Beach and Cliff it's almost a sort of free hit no one expects anything because of course no one expects anything and that's no reflection on Beach and Cliff it's just a reflection of history so then you just go out there and, and play and you know a calm head and see see what happens they've got every chance and for them what story if they do it you know that that makes yeah. them one of the most story teams in in ace league history if they do that because they're the ones that toppled heartbreak you know no one else has done it um, yeah there's some cool there's always there's always that that cool oh, there's always
1: a story isn't it? and, and it. again look, i i know nothing about ace rugby and i haven't seen a game of it um my one affiliation to either side would be through working with a guy called Sam Knights who's a great coach and he did some work at Beach and Cliff so if anyone I would, and it would be nice I think for that again you just think Hartbury have got a lot of titles so I guess if I could you know, yeah. I, I, it, you know, good, good luck to both teams but I think it might be nice for the competition if, if beach and got the win and it fit, again I didn't realize they they'd be runners-up three times so it feels like you know being a prize made enough times now maybe and yeah. And uh, again, anyone who wants Harbourton won't like that. I, that isn't me having a pop at heart, but it just feels like it would be nice. No, it's,
0: it's like trying to win the Champions League in football, isn't it? You, know, you knock on the door for long enough, you uh, the door eventually opens, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what else is also going on on Wednesday. Wednesday is just so packed. It's Murrayfield is playing host to the Scottish Schools Cup finals. First up, the under sixteen Strathallan against Stuart's Melville and then the under-18s, Merkison Castle the Edinburgh Academy, which is the longest running continuous schools rugby fixture in the world. Uh, and they've never met in a final before, uh, incredibly, which is very cool. Um, and Edinburgh they played actually earlier in the season. I think it, it was within three points and I think Edinburgh Academy won it 29-26. So this, the people of, uh, of Edinburgh are set for an absolute rocket of a game at Murrayfield on Wednesday. As long as the temperatures stay up, it is looking cold
1: that is it i mean again you know way more about scottish schools rugby than than i do like beyond a few names and it's that i didn't know like that the fact that it's the oldest called continuous fixture in the world it's going to be a national final is is wicked again I have no links no nothing about again another former colleague of mine, ed saunders used to work at edinburgh academy so i'll 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 root for them and I and I'll back them to win it with uh just just for nothing. All right, well you, you, yeah. you, you can back Edinburgh them. Academy and I'll back
0: Merkiston Castle and we will yeah we'll there we we'll, go then. We'll, we'll meet again, again next week and I'll see, see, see and what be. happens. <laughs> um, but that's uh so that's all to come on what is an unbelievably packed uh, week of rugby coming up the next uh, the next couple of days is just insane. But let's let's take a look back at last weekend where the overriding sensation for me. Was of just an unbelievably close set of games on average across across the board. It was incredible. Um, once we've kind of dealt with the conversation, we'll move on to our our limitless top five school teams of the weekend. But I, I guess I wanted to ask you really about because this last couple of weeks of the season, it's you know it's kind of elongated because you've got final games at home for people. You've then got final games full stop for people and then you know that people are a bit out kilter some people break up later so then it's their final week of games what's that like in the school environment where it's it is those final times I imagine it can be quite emotional first of all but also a bit of a coaching challenge in terms of particularly wanting to get some of those upper sick lads in the shirt for the last time and things like that
1: yeah I think it is it's it's I think I've said this before. Like, as as someone who, from a personal approach, I would admit, you know, pretty emotional person. That's why I was someone who would you try and use emotion in my coaching. It's and it's it's emotion you can use to tap into to bring energy at a time when actually energy is low. Like it's you know you've been training in 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 the pitch black for the past three weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you know you've had people missing because there's probably been about four different cough and cold things flying around like schools and stuff like that, or people have been out. Also, people might be doing uni visits and stuff like that, or, and, or, or they're having to go to clinics for personal statements or coursework. So it, it can feel a bit all over the shop. Then all of a sudden, you, you get some unity back together in terms of like, right, mind sharp and mind's focus on let's go out on a bang definitely the upper six become the priority and, and school will approach it differently like again I think there is something not about where there's a sometimes not even a toss that you'd be like actually this guy's worked hard enough to earn a crack in the ones and and again when I've had to have conversations with a lower six player and say look this week we're actually going to go with someone else with it because they've been amazing for the twos all season people get it because if they were in that upper six shoes they would want that themselves, yeah. and I think that other people will say no. You always go merit value in that. I'm not trying to say one one way is right or wrong, but I think you just you know Kyle, who you know Carl McDonald, who used to work with, would kind of tease me a bit, and I'd always say kind of an F6 player was kind of worth an extra ten percent, and you know this kind of and which you know obviously you can't quantify it, but I think at the end of the season. There is maybe bit, there is a interest, bit, that just, bit more, just that that isn't that it, bit
0: more You want to you want to you want to finish with something you can be proud of. There is no you know as as people say there is no tomorrow. You know, if it's your last if it's your last go it's your last go. Um, yeah,
1: unless I think you're a seventh so, yeah, player,
0: but for some of the, some of the heavies up front they uh, yeah they, they really do know that this is the last the last chart. Yeah, and.
1: It- and Sevens, and sevens is, is different anyway, you know, in terms of it's the games play so differently, you know that you're going to just be doing repeat sprints for all of January anyway, even if you love Sevens. So it's... Um, it's not something it you, know, it needs... you
0: look forward to until it's actually happened. <laughs> yeah,
1: so it's, it's you know, I think, you know, there is a lot of emotion around it and, and I think you, it can galvanise teams and that's why, you know, you, you all of a sudden I think you see games... Tied up, you know, teams can get a bit nervous if they think they should win again. If you've got something like an unbeaten record, or you've never lost to a rival, or you've not lost at home, you know, you can get a bit nervous around that. And equally, if you've not won or you've not had a great season, you know, or you know, people come back from injury, that like you can suddenly find a bit of extra fire in your belly, a bit of extra energy, which which means you which means you get this, which I think does see games. Tight up, but again, it it was amazing to see. I think there I also a decent number of draws, and obviously, draws on, yeah,
0: a, there was like, a few, a few draws, like
1: four yeah. or five draws, and, yeah. and and that's again, I think it shows that you know, games just get tight, and yeah, the weather contributes to that. You know, it can be cold and miserable, but I think that kind of,
0: yeah, I but I mean, that, a lot of, but even even so, a lot of them weren't you know, six alls or, or anything like that. You know, Radley, yeah, Collins, no, 25, Oundle, like, 31, yeah, you know, yeah, that's just teams going out and putting points on the board and just having... I would imagine just having a bit of a laugh. You know, Stowe, 30, Ipswich, 26, and John's Leatherhead 30, KCS, Wimbledon, 27. Uh, these, are, these are really tight games, but they're actually... They're pretty free-flowing. By Look at me. Oh, look at this one. Claysmore, 30, yeah. Yeah. Boom, 35. That's just nuts. Reminds me of that. Yeah, earlier in like the season, 27-all like draw. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and it is. And I think... I think you do get a bit more uh then and obviously theoretically you shouldn't because everyone should give it everything every game, but and obviously you could argue that you there's a there's a drop-off because you physically exhaust, you know, S and C staff would completely disagree with me in terms of they physically can't perform at the same level they were in late August or September. Wow, because it's of their cumulative yeah. of their cumulative load. and... But I just, it feels like, and maybe that's me seeing what I want to see. You know, I will admit that. Um, like you do get an extra bit out of, out, you know, because the lower it kind of buy into giving the upper this amazing send-off, in my experience, because they know they're going to want that the next year. So yeah. it's kind of, you're paying it forward. Oh, and, um, well, and also, yeah, it's, it's, the bit
0: to remember is that every team all over the country has got that same physical drop-off. From, the, from yeah. the cumulative load, so if you're all starting at, in effect, a relative par, then yeah, that that effort starts to to make a difference because although you might be able to not perform above your maximum, you can perform above your theoretical maximum for where you are at that point in the in the season. Um, yeah. I'm, sure yeah. someone, I'm sure someone's written a book about something like that. I bet it's <laughs> someone. Um, but uh, sort of picking the bones through. Then last week, I suppose we should uh, we should get our limitless top five school teams of the weekend together. Mm. The options are unbelievable. Um, there are just so many great performances, performances from teams that I maybe looked over a little bit over the course of the, the season so far, um, who, who've sort of really stepped up in recent weeks, or perhaps have always been ticking along really nicely. I've only just noticed in the last few weeks. Uh, and others where they've come through really tight games and others where they've put a challenge in where maybe we didn't expect such a close challenge. Like the the range is the range is incredible. Um yeah. I think sort of just to get a bit of it out of the way, I think it is worth us shouting out Trinity Harrow and Clifton Doing yeah. what was expected of them at the weekend, doing what was expected. It was a really tough one because, particularly the and Trinity, they had a massive game on Thursday to think about. They had a lot on the line in terms of other competitions that they were going for and things, and they both found a way to to get it done. I think we both decided they're probably not in our top five, um, not least because they probably have been just about every week and probably will be again before the end of the, before the term is done, but. Worth a shout out to those three, um, and Cl- yeah, Clifton being one of them as well. Bouncing back from that, from that tough outing against Blackrock to to head up to Bromsgrove and get a good victory, but I think we're probably going to end up looking elsewhere. Um, yeah, and I suppose yeah, one- I think
1: it's also I I, gonna, I suspect yeah, we'll also end up with I get the yeah, the winner of Harrow Trinity on Thursday will have a very strong case <laughs> into next yeah, week.
0: It'd be, a shock, it'd be a shock if they don't make it, let's put it that way. <laughs> so, some very special things will have happened at the weekend. <laughs> yeah. But um, I suppose where a good place to start is probably Tunbridge-Wellington College because um, mm. Tunbridge had they sort of, probably falsely, it, it was kind of viewed that they had a slow start to the season. I think now that we can reflect on what's been Turned out they just had a very tough fixture list early in the season. We just didn't know it was tough at the time and Wellington probably not had their best year, but at the same time, every time they've come up against a very challenging side, they've performed pretty well and they've competed. right. You know, If you look at those schools championship games, Whitgift and Seba Millfield, probably the three in, in, an, in an average year, three of their toughest fixtures, they win one of them. They take the other one right to the final play, and against that they hang on in for for a pretty close game. Um, so when they've been challenged, they've met the challenge. Um, so it's not it's not quite the doom and gloom that, that others might have, might might have uh, wanted to associate with it. It's actually been not too bad. Putting those two together, and we got an incredible game.
1: Yeah, I, again, and it's it's kind of a. A hard one in some ways to talk about, because well, I'm still so close to it, and you kind of exactly with you, like, oh, is it, is it a disappointing year? Because I'm, you know, you look at some result, but actually, you look at that Millfield game, you look at the Sedba game, and you're like, oh. you know, if one is the other way, again, if that Trinity quarter final at St. Joe's goes the other, like, really, you know, all of a sudden, you could have. Had an amazing season, so it is I, I actually think, yeah, you know, they've. It, it's a group who just haven't. They've just had a bit of bad rub of the green, like in some, in yeah. some and it happens some years. So one of those, I'm sure they'll be a bit. I'm sure the boys will be a bit frustrated, you know, in in terms of that. But actually, I don't think they should be having seen, you know, a, a couple of the games. They've they played really well in in, oh, in a load of matches, they've and they've
0: had and some of the not to take it all down to an individual level, but they've had some of the outstanding individual performances of the, of the year. Um,
1: yeah. Lord, yeah. And I think he
0: has stood out to me as just a guy who came in and has just flourished and been unbelievable. And, um, you know, just every time I've seen him, he seems to be a better player. Um he was already pretty decent at the start. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, they, they, They've they've been yeah was, they've been much much better than perhaps the uh...
1: yeah I think better I think you look at whatever three losses whatever it is and be like well oh, but it, I think that's a good sign. and I think they will I don't I, I think again come we'll talk a lot about sevens when it's sevens time in the next term I still think I still think they'll be the team to beat. Sevens wise, um, I don't, I'm not, that's not me trying to put pressure on. my mate Kyle at, at Wellington there. I just think that I think there's loads of quality and that sevens might suit that group. Yeah. Um, d- down to the ground, but but we also talked about Tunbridge, know So you probably, you would have gone, all right. Look, look on again on paper where games are not played. Wellington probably going as as two score favourites. Some or like ten, yeah, something like yeah. that. But it's ended up being a one-point game, and I think there was a charge down, yeah, you know, that that led to the that, that led to the win. So I would actually you know, that Tunbridge become a kind of key, a potential team of the week mm. in terms of, and that is not again we you know we have talk, talked a lot about you should don't have to win to, in order to be a team of the week, and you know they've shown through the season that that they're a gutsy team, maybe not a classic Tunbridge team, as you just said, that Tunbridge is hard and when Mm. you know and you it can get really brutal week in week out if you know you you haven't got you know some either some star quality or that kind of that that depth that sometimes tunbridge have had but this this group have clearly hung in there you know for for reese who's you know a great a great head coach great director of rugby worked really hard and have pushed what is you know a, a strong strong Wellington College group right to the wire? So you know that that kind of for me, yeah. You know, and I made... think
0: there's a little bit of that final home game that we were talking about before in there as well. There's a yeah. bit, there's a bit of playing for You know, Tunbridge is a Tunbridge is a place where they are very very proud to wear that shirt and to run out on that pitch. Has been a lot of very 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 good teams. That come through that I mean I think from 2004 to 2006 they never lost a game on that pitch um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they I, I know that because my housemate at uni was part of that team and um, <laughs> never got going on about it um, I still have his shirt actually in my in my closet I need to I need to give that back to him I, I had to hide it from him when he was going on about it too much um, but yeah I, I think that Tunbridge um, Tunbridge running Wellington that close elevates them into the conversation I think similarly running a Running a big name close, we already that they they made a few changes at Millfield, but Monmouth getting to within two points of Millfield, that's a that's a great effort. No matter no matter whether Millfield have made a few changes or not, um, yeah. Millfield don't make changes um, without thinking that they can they they'll still be able to get the job done, um, and yeah, that so to push them that close is a is a great effort from Monmouth. Particularly oh, because they got a play game coming up, so they, they were compromised with with thoughts on what might be happening this week.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, and, and also, you know, it wasn't as though no one was rested by me. But it was a, it was, it was just a big squad, so. Yeah you know, and Davies then, international scrum half, didn't start, but he was on the bench. Half game rule, he's still got to play half the game. So, yeah. you know, there's uh, I think George Birkins, you know, didn't start, but he's still got to play half the game in it. So... That's a good point. I
0: hadn't considered the half game rule. Uh, um, benching a star only, they've he, still got to play 40 minutes or 35 minutes. <laughs>
1: yeah, it just shifts, like, maybe where they're con- or as opposed to, you know, playing the full 70. So there's... Um, no, like a hell of an effort. A Monmouth team, you know, we talked about right at the start of the of the term who started well, showed. Um, we had a load of promise, and it's good that they've kind of like fired back and 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 show that they've had a good they've had a good season. That's a good group. Uh, that Monmouth group looks to be a really good team. Um, again, be interesting because again, I assume they'll play in the in the vase at Roslyn Park, and again, think again. You can see I've already got one on seven seasons, but it's that kind of you know where where they'll sort of pop up, kind of come come March time, be interesting in terms of you know exactly they, and they've clearly got and a team that can, yeah, often like be a team you definitely would not want in your group would would be like what what I'd label them as? Oh yeah,
0: they'd be they'd be a tough one to get past. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's rattle through a few of these because I, I realise that we're um, yeah. We've been we've been dragging our heels a little bit, but some yeah. some teams that stood out for me. Brighton College w- picked up real momentum towards the end of the season. RGS Guildford, we've spoken about how they competed so hard against you know every sort of challenging side or not challenging every challenge they've had. They've risen to it. Um, Brighton College was a big one, and Brighton College sort of survived the RGS Guildford uh, onslaught sort of this yeah. time. Great effort from them. Uh so Thomas Rich's Northampton School for Boys, we spoke about that being a massive state school game. Um I expected that one to be score either way. Thomas Richard's 40-19. Fair, fair play to them. They've they've put in some real shifts this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, they look they look they they look really strong. Um and it's you know fair play. Like they've had a they've had a hell of a season and they'll keep going for 15th post January when they start set see how they keep going. Um
0: yeah, they've been they've been they've been really good. Uh, RGS Newcastle thirty six, Barnard Castle twenty nine. That's just an epic game. RGS had already beaten Barnacastle Castle earlier in the season. Do it again. But what made it really interesting for me was that both in the preceding two weeks had had really tight games against Durham, who by the way picked up a decent away win at, at the weekend. But so they, it felt like this one could go either way. I didn't expect it to go either way in quite such a high scoring way but still just to try in it at thirty six twenty nine, pretty cool um who else have we got this let's, let's put in a real shift hymers college away at bradford grammar school we spoken about how Press. we've been with bradford grammar school emmanuel with a really good win against st george's waybridge i thought dulwich st paul's was uh was a cracking contest 10 11 uh, feel for dulwich on that one i thought that would be there and I was, I was sort of vaguely getting a few messages about that game and i was thinking oh they might just get that first win Mm-hmm. Uh, just eluded them, but one team that did get their first win, and I'd said I'd give them a shout out. Uppingham, thirty-two twenty against the Leeds. Fair play to them. It was a, it was quite a big day at Uppingham as well, actually. Um, I mean, as uh, everyone knows, I think now I'm a, yeah. I'm an old boy there, but it means I'm on the old boys' um, uh, email list and, and all the rest of it. And they had a big day for their. It was like an unbeaten Colts team in the seventies or something, and they had a massive reunion. That day, and then watched the first team. Um, so a nice little bit of uh, bit of history on the sidelines. And
1: uh, oh, nice yeah. that they got first win as well. That I mean, it's it's a long old term with a lot of effort, and it's tough to go through it without again, not that it's all about winning but again, it's just it's nice to get a bit of reward for, for all your efforts. So, yeah, like, huge, it, it, shout
0: it, it, out. it may not all be about winning, but we sure all do like to. but I think that's probably yeah. the way, I think that's yeah. probably the way they view it. Um, I'm just rattling through a few now, but some some other close ones that really stood out, Worth winning away at uh, Kings Canterbury, 16-15, Mount Kelly hosting Plymouth College, 32-27 victory. Then those two we mentioned earlier, St. John's beating KCS Wimbledon and Stowe against Ipswich, two cracking games. Um, and then a shout out to Cranley away at Marlborough College, who of course we got on the live stream on Wednesday at 2.15, but Cranley winning 45 away from home, But it, not really so much about the scoreline for me, is that Cranley sort of, they've been, a, I, I'd, I'd had a feeling they weren't having a great season. And then they've seemed to have real momentum in the last few weeks. And then I was kind of going through their results, was going, they've had a pretty good season. I, mm. they've, they've actually done really well. It's just, it's all been a bit on the quiet, um, which, I, which I guess is the way they quite like it over at Cranley. Um, but yeah, definitely. yeah, so, no. no they've
1: had a good year. It was I noticed Emmanuel have had a good year as well. So when I, when their results sort of jumped to me, and I sort of had a little look, and Emmanuel had a, a slightly different like level, but it's like Emmanuel have had a good year. Like they've they've got some good wins against, kind of good consistency and stuff like that. So again, not a program we've mentioned a lot like through through the term, but like they've they've done really well this term. Right, let's go so who,
0: who are we going with? let your thoughts.
1: Uh, it feels like that RGS Newcastle game was pretty special. So that they Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like that, that that looks um I I actually think Tunbridge, I think again, I think that was and again I it like, maybe sounds disparaging when to give it to a score like Tunbridge in defeat, but it like, felt like that. That that group put in a, a hell of a shift in a, in a home game there. I get um uh. Then it's tight, isn't it? I think you know. Then yeah,
0: there's there's some really interesting ones in there. St-
1: I, I mean, Stowe's, Stowe's, Saint John's, like I think one of those, like.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think both of them would put in a really good shift. I think I'd. I'd give a shout out. Well, in fact, no, I think I'd I'd go into bat for Sir Thomas Riches. I think the okay. I think that was a a game yeah. i expected to be close and they've 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 pulled one out of the bag. Uh, yeah,
1: put them in. Put them in.
0: And they've had a they've had a good year. So what have we got there? RJC Newcastle, Tunbridge, Thomas Riches, two more well, we could go Stowe and St John's. You yeah, know, both very good. We could go Emmanuel. Um
1: yeah, so they're probably two of those three, I reckon. Like Worth win was good, but they they probably whilst normally Kings might be favourites, actually based on this year, worth of being a bit stronger. I would spit stronger, so uh I think I think because of this season, so what I would say for an overall net like Emmanuel deserve a bit of it, would deserve a mention for what's of that, and then you can choose between Stowe and St. John's, mate.
0: Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, both are both are impressive. I think I think I might go Stowe. and the reason I'll go Stowe is they they're a very very good side. They they the last big big game they were in was against Oakham, that sort of kind of heartbreaking defeat. Oakham coming back from from almost nowhere really, and this is probably their next big big fixture, and it was hastily arranged because each side had had a couple of cancellations and things. Um and to to, yeah to to come in step up in a in a big game and these are sort of games that Ipswich are taking really really seriously as well and will you know would have wanted to do really well in so we know the sort of challenge they'd have met so yeah I'll probably go I'll probably go stay but St John's very very close um so that means this week's Limitless top five school teams of the weekend are Emmanuel. RGS Newcastle, Sir Thomas Riches, Stowe and Tunbridge. That's a good group of schools. That I like it.
1: we've stuck to nice. five this
0: week. We're right, right, we it's are out to six last week.
1: Yeah, we haven't cheated. Right, we are. Yeah, we exactly. uh, going up. Let's let us let us do the let's do this coaching team. And we we'll, we'll let's do it. The, let's do the coaching team. Yeah. Well I have to do it quick. now, that which which probably means I, I won't have to I have to stop myself waffling.
0: Well, so, I'll tell you what. So. Well, let's let's look at. So, we're gonna, what we're going to do is build a sort of coaching team, and I think we've decided what we're going to do because we're we're absolute bottlers, the pair of us. Is once we have built this coaching team, we're going to sort of send it out to to the world and say, "Who do you want to coach the team?"
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, and we both going to pick a separate coaching team, or we're going to like, oh, yeah, let's go
0: for it. Let's go for it. Um, okay,
1: do you want to go for it, or do you want to go on? Dude.
0: Tell you what, you go and then because I've got uh, like a hundred candidates, so you can okay, uh, right. different I'll, I'll try and, 20, and be, as, 20, I'll 20, try and be as quick as I can. So
1: again, I think it's worth, but quickly, this is very sort of what, what I was trying to think about. We know this is super subjective, all right. Yeah. Um, And I was again, it's interesting. I tried to approach it with having a little, having a little ad and I was like, right, who maybe would I want? My lad to be coached by so that was a little bit of my of my thinking uh um, yeah. i tried to so, so some guys i've ended up picking a, a a team of a team of five um some guys who, who were sort of close then but they, they great so um and some guys like not a massive famous rugby school's always is so giles hegarty he's at cheadle who yeah. ollie tory who's at eastbourne um Tony Yap, who isn't actually kind of works across bundles down to rugby and the uni, but a great coach. Of, great like John Mallet, well. sure, yeah, yeah, great, yeah. John Mallet at Milford, I'm sure loads of people have mentioned, but I haven't actually. Um, Eugene Martin, who was at Warwick yes. and then yeah. at Whitgift, yeah. and is now at Stanford, is an incredible. Everywhere in to- he's
0: gone, good teams as well.
1: Yeah, and a really creative coach builds really nice relationships with 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 the boys. Um Jacob Ford, actually, again, but it's kind of you know, seems to have been started to build something pretty special at Ipswich. And and like his uh, last one, of kind of, is my my just kind of honourable mentions was was Sam Beckett at Ship Lake, who I actually think mm-hmm. makes you know an old said Bergian there, who kind of makes a Ship Lake College team always punch above their weight by sort of. I think he's taken some of those uh really lessons learned.
0: Some really has a very nice way of building a sense of uh, what makes a sort of special team. Uh, yeah, it, it sounds like a really silly thing, but the way that they interact with us at NextGen15 is is really impressive. The way that they interact with social media and not that any of those things actually matter, except that when the stuff you're putting out there is of the nature that they are, it gives you a little insight into the workings of what they, do there and what they do is create yeah. a special environment, and, and
1: yeah, yeah. And he just again, I'm thinking maybe now he should be in my coaching chair. Yeah, he, he does some really cool stuff. Some little t- like one of the first schools to start really doing Friday Night Lights. Now, kind mm-hmm. of everybody does one. Quite often does nice little touches with the shirts for a group, like with names or little tweaks. They've obviously been massive supporters of the Matt Hampson Foundation. Mm-hmm. So kind of got like like they again. I'm starting to think uh, maybe. Maybe Sam should be on my coaching team. Actually,
0: glad, uh, some really nice players down there for years. Finn Brown, I think, was um, he played England under eighteen teams and he had a Wasp contract and stuff before. Yeah, they yeah, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, know, nice yeah. Play. they yeah. As well, I think,
1: at Yeah. They've had some really and some really good sevens teams. right? anyway, but now onto on the actual style Then I might add yeah, added yeah. Sam back to it. So probably not the yeah, end. I've talked I talk about this this guy a lot. Uh you mentioned it at the top of the shows. So my director of rugby uh it's Simon Monholland, Noxie, uh at Sedba uh the I'm gonna call him the King of Scoreboard rugby. Uh, um I can't, just I
0: can't believe <laughs> i let <can't believe> <laughs> you go first because that means like, I can't have Noxie in mind.
1: We <laughs> can, you can, but he's I just think <laughs> and I'm saying, again it's from the look obviously the performance stuff is there but there are if you want to look at other bits and bobs there are other coaches with you want as many sort of pots but again it's that maybe because of where they are geographically like or you know, the, the sort of unique atmosphere it creates but the the culture around said rugby just feels like quasi mythical <laughs> like and it's yeah. something again maybe coming over bringing a kind of bit of a new zealand sort of like kiwi approach it feels more like the sort of thing that's done in the southern hemisphere around schoolboy rugby
0: um i'll tell you a thing about about noxie is we get we get emails and uh, messages all the time and often from parents looking for a bit of advice about where to where to go what to do with their kids and all that, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm always quite reluctant to say too much because it's not, I, I don't profess to be an expert on, on what the best school to go to for a child is. And I wouldn't want to put my neck on the line like that. You know, it, it, it wouldn't be fair on the, on the kid. Right. But what I will always say is there is no one that I would want my kid being looked after more, more so than, than by Noxie. Um, and and that's what to do with rugby. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I think that's that
0: really is the point.
1: Yeah, like again, exactly. So, and it's you know, it's again. I should have said at the start. I for kind of reasons of being too close to that, I didn't. I I was like it would be too nepotistic for me to consider Wilco or, or Kyle because I was like Wilco probably a mentor of mine, and Kyle obviously I worked um, is still you know both really good mates of mine so you've opened up a couple of spots in mine there excellent <laughs> So like i just i was like that that's unfair and and two, so 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 now so then i was like right okay then we'll have a deal and then we'll have um a kind of a back skills coach and then for this i've actually gone so a much because so, so i you know, kind of also helped look after that that attack as well yeah. um so actually with a guy so might be less familiar to some of our to the listeners. So Tom Richardson is a DOR at Worth. Um, went there. What well, again? A program that. So he was actually at charlton College before he was at Worth. Yeah. That's where. So we met when he was. That's where I met Tom. I came across him as like an opponent when he was there. So then they did really well. They brought he brought Ollie Thor- Thorley through. Like so, mm-hmm. kind of, and they sort of punched really high that team. And then for kind of family reasons, because. he's again but they need to move down to the southeast and it's essentially like so again what I then came across him again as an opponent when I allocated them. and oh, well, that must be disrespectful to him, they it was a kind of a little bit of a gimme fixture for a couple of years and and like, he's, he's essentially have to build that from the ground up and look yeah. whilst they're not necessarily pushing towards the top 10 top 25 at the moment if you look at the growth and development there it's huge you, know? you look even a couple of years ago, like people like Kitanojo were leaving and going to Epsom. Now people are staying put and actually a couple of guys are starting to go there. So pretty competitive market with Hurst and Brighton it's, it's, and it's, it's Seaford it's and, and stuff like that. So I just think they're getting better and better. And I, you know, again, having, you know, maybe because I've seen it up close and personal from a kind of, I've been back and watched case from game, just feel, you know, it felt like when he was there that Worth probably was in a, a real low web. Actually, they were struggling to get teams out, like you know. To, and, mm. Whereas now, you look, they've got a thirteen. They'll have under sixteen Bs all the time. They'll have under fourteen Ds. So not only are they performing better, but look, and I was thinking, well, if they're putting out more teams, that probably means there's a culture of it's fun to play rugby. It's enjoyable to play rugby. Yeah, something must which be. Which I there. think, yeah, which I think speaks volumes of, of about the person in charge. So, um. Gone for gone gone for Tom there. So then on to on to then then we need someone to look after our our lower numbers. Um, and I, I did I did only have one name, but but I'm going to backtrack because I and go to so I'm actually having initially not I'm I'm, I'm I'm going to include Sam Beckett in my coaching Good. team like um, and and alongside so. Sam can do the sort of set piece and breakdown either pro so you can do that. And then and then oh, alongside. Mike, yeah, and then and then alongside Michael Owen from Haleybury. Yeah. Um who oh, Michael I, Owen
0: some skills, didn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, just all the defensive system. Like there's also like there's all sorts. I've left a few bits, but they they can sort it out between them who does what, yeah, but it's, it's um I just think again, Mike, Mike probably took over a program that was in like a, a decent state, but I think it speaks volumes about someone who's come from outside teaching that they've gone, they've, they've now become a housemaster, yeah. and again, it's that kind of you know again someone that shows someone who's come from a purely professional sport environment yeah. um, and has then really understood schools, and it's you know I think sometimes like schools will understandably in their recruitment for these roles someone's going right we want an ex-pro who's played really high level rugby or we want a teacher who gets schools and I kind of understand why they dichotomize I might have just made up a word there um like <laughs> that, that, that 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 but I just don't think it's I don't think it's that simple like I think there are and I think I think Mike you know really and actually. Tom is, Tom's always worried he's actually a qualified teacher like this you know but michael's as a professional you know former British Lion yeah. shows that actually you can come in and it, you're not just going to be all about hard edge performance he's they produce some great teams some great players when when he's been there and he's helped drive recruitment no doubt like but he builds great relationships with yeah. with young people he's all about you know, when, when I've spoken to him about trying to get fixtures sorted and stuff like that, he's all about, like, let's find the right matchup, let's balance it. And it was, you know, both when I was at Caterham and Wellington, so when I was talking to him as someone who'd be a bit better than us, he'd always kind of match it up. And then he'd always, he'd be like, let's just, all he wanted was a good experience. All he ever, and I think when when your emphasis is on creating a good experience for the young people in your church, then again, I think you're getting it right. Um so that's that's my coaching. I'm sorry, I, I've probably still waffled on for far too long, but I tried to be succinct as succinct as I could.
0: So you've got so you've got a team of four then, is that? Or have you team, got, four, yeah. team of I've four, yeah. I've left
1: a lot of lot of names out there for you. So yeah, I think
0: You really have. And you've Oh yeah, this is this is tough. So you're you 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 have got Simon Mulholland heading things up with a, a sort of trio of Tom Richardson, Sam Beckett and Michael Owen working around him. I might have Simon Mulholland heading things up. The only reason I wouldn't is just to be different to you. But, <laughs> but, I'm but I'm gonna I'm gonna recycle through the last decade and just look at a little bit of performance because it's 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 the only metric we have, and just to sort of look through some of those people that have that have have done some stuff. Uh, in in terms of collecting the old pots. Um, But mainly because a lot of the time you get to see a vague sense of what they're doing. So it's going right back to the start of our period. Um, You look at a guy like Sam Howard at Dulwich College, who did a very, very, played a very practical game. Very, very practical game. But I always thought the key thing that stood out was no one was unhappy with that from his group there was a real sense of buy-in and togetherness and that it, when you win that you know that tends to be an easier thing to come by but there was a real sense of buy-in and togetherness i remember and i suppose i can say it now because they're they're all you know almost 30 uh so, <laughs> so it's fine to say but i i remember there being a load of chat from a load of the guys in those in those teams about once they once they'd won their their school's cups about wanting to get straight down to the pub with Sam and all that kind of stuff, and you go, "Well, do you know what? That's a real relationship between between player and coach." And um, he did he did a, an incredible job there. Um, sort of at the same time, you'll make Wilco Chris Wilkins at, at Whitgift, who's still there in the job now, who I think as a coach has, he'll probably be embarrassed of me saying this, but I think he has developed his coaching style massively over the course of the last 10 12 13 14 years he was a leader 12 years ago and he's still a leader now um doing, doing awesome awesome things um keeps claiming that he's not the man behind the uh, the Gift, uh trip plays at lineups, but we all know he is uh, and they they, are, they they he's still still got to move and again much like Sam teams that buy into what he's doing and what he's saying, and almost revere him. Um, and yeah. I think probably that will end up being a bit of a theme in mine. I don't want to bang on, so I'm just going to sort of zip through. If you you look at Hampton and what they've done over the course, through Zoran Higgins, Sean Thompson, Andy Beatty, now David Mobbs-Smith being in there the whole way along. In fact, I think David Mobbs-Smith is a great shout. If this was a sevens coaching team, I might be whacking him as my attack yeah, coach. Mopsy, um, in. Yeah, mobbs
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I think you cannot go through a list of coaches without mentioning Ian Smith up at up at Oakham. Um, yeah. taking a bit of a backseat nowadays, but you know, the man's the man's a living legend. Um, yeah. who else? I mean, I'm just firing out names now because there's there's players uh, players, there's coaches from all over the the out. So, uh, Tony Window and Paul Mullen did some wonderful yeah. stuff at Bromsgrove, Trevor Barker and Ian Wolfenden up at Quaggs Wakefield. That's been doing awesome stuff at Bradford Grammar, Martin Pepper up at uh, Barnard Castle, and now Lee Dixon, Um, Joe Bedford at Woodhouse Grove. You know, a school that up until the start of this decade didn't really compete that hard on the circuit, and now you'd always regard as a kind of top 20 ish kind of a team. Yeah, Um, you know, You look at Nick Boy at Brighton College, he's worked through pretty much the entire decade he's been been at Brighton. tremendous success, but a real ethos among the, the boys. Have, I remember a conversation with him where the, the boys had basically said what they wanted to do that year. And he'd gone, okay, we'll do it. And had sort of left it to the boys. Jack Moran did some awesome stuff yeah. at in college. Great coach. Really, really good coach. And um, Andrew Le Chevalier down at, down at Felstead, you know, but he's, he's turned a, a very, very small school in, in numbers terms into a school that competes at the highest level yep. pretty often and um produce some incredible incredible players uh the list goes on so i'm just going to rattle through a few down at uh, stanford chris morgan at tunbridge allerton hale up at kirk grammar school what they've done some incredible jim pollock and andy watt up at rgs newcastle andy houston at cranley you look at ollie morgan coming through now at chelton college matt salter doing awesome stuff at clifton there's loads mark macy tom pierce anyway Name um, me too. Have I mentioned every coach in the country yet? Uh, some good,
1: some really good. I'd like that, what you said about World like, I think, as a mentor like to developing people, like, that's again. If I again, I couldn't pick him on too close but he's a yeah, a great developer of people. But, so yeah. Cool. But anyway, who's your, who's your coaching staff? Come so, on.
0: Well, if, I know we're trying not to bang on too much, but I, I think it's worth us just talking about Wellington College. Um, you came in what twenty? When was it? Twenty eighteen. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Then that time. There you go.
0: So you had Kevin Brennan and Steve Shortland there beforehand. Yeah, Kevin. Incredible. Good sort of incredible stuff. Stuff.
1: Kev, yeah, Kevin should be mentioned. Like, definitely, yeah. Kevin's incredible.
0: Some, some absolutely, some absolutely brilliant stuff in that first five six years of of, of, the, of the sort of period we're looking at. Um, you then came in with a. With a remit maybe slightly different to what they their remit had been, um, but still consistently one of the best sides around. So I don't want to big you up too much, but I think worth a shout.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I'm um, very lucky to have some very talented players and other coaches around me. But that's very kind of you, Angus. Well, there's
0: been there's been a there's been a good group of you at Wellington, and Carl uh, McDonald as well deserves a big shout out for that. Yeah. Um, so am I going to be different to you? I'm going to sit on the fence on my DOR for the moment because, you know, I'll try and be different if I can, if I can manage it. I'm going to have, as my forwards coach, I'm going to take John Mallet. And um, I think, first of all, for a forwards coach, he thinks like a back, which is weird, but His, his desire for his teams to play is incredible. Um, you know, a former international prop. You kind of you kind of think he's going to be Mister Mister Hard Nose, Mister Punch it up the guts kind of thing. And actually, he just he wants to see his teams play. He um, gives real ownership to his players and to his assistants. Um, you know, the the list of people that have worked under him have gone on to to other gigs is massive. You know, Mike Baxter left this summer and is now is it Pride Park College that he's heading things up at? I think
1: he is at Pride Park, yeah.
0: The it, it, people, yeah, you know, have done great things having worked under him. There's a fair few that played under him that are coaching now as well. You know, Nick Boy and Ollie Morgan. Um, that's not, yeah. that's not, not bad to have. Um, so I'm going to have John Mallett as my forwards coach. Although, does that mean I need a defence coach that's that's Wilco? I think it might do. I think I might have Wilco as my defence coach. Which is okay. just nice. In my, in my world, is a byproduct for also the forwards coach. Um, <laughs> then what I need, so I'm looking like I'm going to have a team four here. I need a backs coach, and I think what I'm going to go with. Do you know what? I'm, I'm. This is. I'm just playing this on the hoof here, but I feel like I've given Cramley not enough credit in this last. 12, 13 weeks. And Andy Houston has, if you actually look at what Cramley did over the last 10 years, his focus has not always been on rugby, and his focus is not, they're one of the more private schools. I don't mean that in terms of whether they pay for it or not. I mean, in terms of Mm -hmm. what info they put out there, they're one of the more private schools. Um, They've done some really, really good things. And this story that I can't quite remember the detail on, but when they won the Rosson Park Sevens, a lad from the school had died not that long before. I think he might have been a lever actually, had died not that long before. And there was a real debate amongst the players whether they were going to play and Park or they were going to do all the rest of it. And Andy's way that he dealt with that situation with the players, what they then went on to do off the back of it and actually win the tournament, and um, having also you know done stuff like you know, the um, the right. festival and, and things like that, um, the, I'm not saying it was a you know 100 soccer, yeah, 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 yeah. doing the job of the best, but yeah, they, I think that sort of thing tells you a lot about the kind of culture that someone's laid down. Um, so I'm going to whack him in as my backs coach, and I just can't. Oh can I Yeah well we've got to be Yeah, no, no I've got to have Noxie I have to be different I've, I've yeah. got to have Noxy. I can't I can't actually have a, have one that doesn't have Noxie it's just yeah. it's just the I way it's got to be so
1: mate.
0: Well there we go well I've ended up with three out of four schools championship sides in my team in my coaching staff but longevity's that's done all right. on, yeah. on three places you know mallet Wilco, and uh, and Noxie have been in their job, and Andy Houston as well. He's gone up to the director of sport now, but they've all been in their jobs throughout the entire decade.
1: Yeah, um, that's a nice. In yeah, very, I like that.
0: Very very tough, expectant environments, I suppose, in many ways. Um, so yeah, bit of a bit of a reward there, I suppose. Uh, so yeah, yeah you've, you've got oh, yours is very dynamic though, isn't it? <laughs> as well. mine, mine are all getting a bit older, bastard. So you've got Noxie, Tom Richardson, Sam Beckett, Michael Owen. I've got Noxie, John Mallet, Chris Wilkins, and Andy Houston. And our Limitless top five school teams of the week. Houston
1: won't like being called that old, mate. Sorry, Houston won't like being called that old. He's a bit younger than those guys.
0: He's, well, he's, no, like... he's he's the young he's the young man keeping that. Yeah, it? yeah.
1: He's
0: the uh, you got to have a bit of zip and excitement out in that background, haven't you? <laughs> you know someone to keep the old ones, but my G Knox hardly old. You know? I'm exactly. Being, I'm being a bit harsh on these lads. Just been long, <laughs> I just mean long in the job. Maybe that's what I mean. Exactly. Um,
1: yeah, Doing a good job for a long time.
0: Exactly. But more to the point, please get in touch on at NextGen15, at nextgenxp to tell us how wrong you think we are, how right you think we are, but also who you want to be your coaching team for what is an incredible team. I mean... Can you imagine that side we put together in the hands of this lot? They'd have some fun and they'd play some great rugby as well. Tough to beat, tell you that. Incredible. So those are our teams. Our limitless top five school teams of the weekend were Emmanuel, RGS Newcastle, Sir Thomas Riches, Stowe and Tunbridge. We have waffled on and on, so we're not going to really get into the weekend. I'm just going to give you a few shout-outs of some games to keep an eye out for. Bromsgrove, Wallet, Warwick, Cranley Deniston College, Kings Maclesfield were in the Schools Cup, Kirkham Grammar against RGS Newcastle, the Judd versus Skinners on Friday night, massive Kent State School Derby there. Trinity John Fisher, massive Croydon Derby, Trinity coming off the back of Thursday's live stream. And Whitgift so Ipswich, two massive teams. There's a, there's I mean there's loads of other stuff going on, but we've got some big old games coming up over the weekends. Uh um, check out more of more of my thoughts and We'll just pretend that Dan definitely agrees with them. Uh, <laughs> all in the, uh, all in the. I do. Of course. on the website, uh, Dan. We've put it out there. I feel, I've, I'm feeling, I'm feeling uncertain. I feel more uncertain about this coaching team than I did about any of the players that we've put in the team. yeah, uh, um, more nervous about. Yeah, might get some
1: flack here, but yeah, that's all right. That's all right.
0: Yeah. God. That's, that's long all right. Time. As long as it's the backs that come knocking because they're all a bit smaller and where I'm worried about you know the Andy bts of this world coming kind in of knocking on my door I, I don't want to get on the wrong side of them
1: yeah
0: okay. too many good coaches out there. It. no it's been fun it's been fun to talk about it's been a hell of a decade it's been a hell of a decade for coaching it's been a hell of a decade for rugby it's been a hell of an hour and whatever we've been on for though so that'll do it for us um you can catch us on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube and please, as I say, get in touch with your thoughts on that coaching team on at NextGen15, that's at NextGenXV. Uh, and if you didn't hear your name and you're a coach, it's uh, it's because we ran out of time. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Good stuff, Dan. We'll catch everyone next week.